let's move now to KZN, where, of course, all eyes on Moses Mabida Stadium because the governing party, that's the ANC, is launching the uh, party manifesto ahead of the elections, which have now have been announced. We're just under 100 days uh, to the May 29 polls. And Eyewitness News Politics Associate Editor Tidi Madia is in KZN uh, at Moses Mabida, bringing us some of that coverage uh, throughout the day. TD, as always, it's great to have you on the show. Good morning. Good morning, Group. So, of course, quite a big day today. We've seen over the last couple of weeks the launch, uh, election manifesto launch of other parties, the Democratic Alliance, Rise Mzansi, the EFF. Uh, now we see the incumbent, the governing party, launching their manifesto, also going to Moses Mabida. Um, and uh, I was seeing some reporting that we had people, uh, there were people entering the stadium as early as 6 a.m. already. What time is it all expected to start? When is President Cyril Ramaphosa speaking? Um, so I arrived here just to help you send, send a picture for you. Uh, also, it's only between half six and seven in the morning, and we really saw people in the stands. So people were out and about in the streets. It's, it's been a party, you know. We're simply gathered. They take over the city. They take over um, restaurants, eateries, bars. It's a bit of a party. So I saw that there were a lot of them out in the streets. But when I arrived, I already saw some in the stands. I see two knuckles. I'm overlooking the stadium and just. The lower parts of the stadium are slowly filling up with trickles of people at the top part. In terms of when the former program is meant to begin, that should be, let's say, around 11. It's now 9.21. And what we have on the stage are performances. Um, those who are here started dancing. And they started dancing not too long ago. So that kind of gives an indication that they're ready to start. They have made a commitment that because of the weather, that the president did least speak by 11 o'clock, I think, He's likely to speak somewhere between 12, 13, 12. Um, but yeah, they, they seem almost ready to start the day's program. And of course, on, earlier on this week, the NC had a bit of a, I guess, a, a dry run or a test run of how they could potentially look um, with, uh, in terms of numbers and attendance today uh, when they held another event um, in the run-up to the manifesto launch today. Tell us about what we saw at that event, also in KZN this week. Um, so what they tend to do is have a big event in whatever city province they tend to do events in the, to the big events. So when they're January 8th in Bambela, for instance, they spend weeks just traversing Pomalanga, maybe two weeks a week, going to different parts of the province for many people to come. So there was no difference in terms of what they were doing here. There was a part of the in the townships. Uh, there were taxi ranks, there were at malls, activating people to try, lobbying people really groups to come and attend this event. I was a few shocked on the Monday where there was a mini rally with the party's president and look at what the manifesto law should look like. You know, I was shocked at the amount of people who were in attendance. I even thought the NC should worry because that's a sign of how many people during a working day are not at work and are without jobs. And I remember speaking to Professor Susan Boyce and he said to me, you know, CD, well, you can make an argument of unemployment. What you need to realize is people there have taken days off to attend this event. That they last saw this during the cold era where the NC feels threatened. And in this case, it's that of former President Jacob Zuma, that the NC will respond in its numbers. And that's what you see everywhere where the party has gone this week. They have had resounding support and response from their supporters coming out to support the leadership. 
And uh, we are also seeing um, this morning, I'm seeing some images, some videos coming out of the people who are already in Mabida, uh, some opposition against uh, the MK party and its leader, mm-hmm. former President Jacob Zuma. Uh, tell us what you have seen uh, with regards to ANC supporters at Mabida and their, I guess, criticism uh, of the MK party. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember when we went Bombella, I actually said I saw those coffins and the RIP Zuma, and I thought it was ironic that 10 years ago, they were in Bombella, and there was RIP Malema, RIP EFS, and Zuma sounded really funny. And this time around, you fast forward, it's him. It's him, and it's been done to him in his own province where he is known to be very popular. I'll see, just again, younger people coming into the stadium. I'm on the inside of the stadium. I can't even tell you my mom. So it's actually where those RIP coffins, those native coffins are. And it's sad to say that people are still putting in, in there, of course, um, typical uh, green, black, and gold colors of the ANC. I've seen performers on stage. I'm watching this uh, up and down movement of ANC leaders in and around the province. It's me speaking to media before the formal program begins. I just want to very quickly also say to you, in terms of what the supporters feel, they feel mistakes by the former president. They feel there was no need for him to have taken. The decision is taken to support the MK. But a lot of people are also worried about what happens in the bus sectors. They're worried about um, what will happen to Zuma when the elections don't go his way, when whatever he's attempting to do doesn't go his way, what will the impact be on his health? And ultimately, they're almost, so, uh, we all have to take the mortality at some point. They also worry about who then will be able to sing his praises when the time comes because turning his back on the ANC and so many years of service to the ANC means that the ANC cannot be holding memorial electors and the likes in his honor. So they worry about even that, you know, his sort of legacy. That's how many in the ANC feel about the former president. And so, of course, today the governing party has a really tough job in the sense that they need to sell themselves to, I mean, the ANC members in the stadium aren't really the target. Those people are almost a sure thing. What they're hoping is other people, even perhaps the part of the 10 million that voted for them in 2019, will vote for them again in the week where, you know, we got the new unemployment numbers and unemployment is up. Uh, Load shedding continues to be an issue. Um, All of the key metrics uh, continue to be on a downward trend rather than improving. And so what do you think potentially will be some of the things that are part of that manifesto as the ANC asks 30 years since it was first elected that the electorate trust them again? Based on what we heard, the big speeches of the year, think about January 8th, think about the State of the Nation address. The president has never really zeroed in on the current problems that we're facing. He kind of brushes over them in order to look at where we've come, how far we've come since 30 years of democracy. So I don't expect this to be different. I think that he will brush over the current challenges, which are quite crippling, if, he's, if we are honest. And I think that he will try to brush over that, focus on what their gains are. He'll definitely speak about defending those gains. I expect him to set our priorities, and that's the hard sell for me, is an incumbent setting, setting our priorities that they should have met while in office and sending those to the electorate, new voters, the 10 million that you speak about, they're grieved in provinces like KwaZulu-Natal and Gauteng, where they're on the brink of losing power. It is the, 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 the pitch that he makes to those people that will work. But I expect him to speak about the set of priorities that the government will pursue should it receive a renewed mandate. I think he will brush over the challenges that we're dealing with at the moment to focus really on what the ANC has achieved. I mean, he said to me in the past, 
that I'm unfair to them because I've criticized that constant reminder of what they've done. I feel like you need to be held ransom by that. And he has said to me that I'm unfair, that they have every right to defend their games and everything else they said. But I expect a lot of talk to be about what they've done since the advent of democracy. And of course, one of the big things, as you've mentioned, is, you know, KZN becoming this battleground, um, becoming uh, incredibly important. Most surveys, polls seem to suggest that the ANC will retain some power, but not enough to govern without some kind of coalition. That means parties like the IFP and the EFF could then be, be quite crucial for the ANC to govern in KZN if it does want to, if it, uh, you know, if it gets below 51%, but also then that the MK party could potentially also be the dark horse, this, you know, uh, emergent player in a province that is already, you know, quite, quite competitive and almost, I would think KZN is the most hotly contested or most watched province for this election. I think at the moment it is that will shift to Gauteng. That time already is pretty much all in Gauteng. So I think we'll feel it more as we get closer to that May 29th poll as far as the contestation. But both provinces are really the epicenter of these um, elections. In terms of um, the, the first, let me speak about the theory around the NK party. So the conspiracy theory that actually Zuma will go back to the NK and say, these are your votes anyway. You'll need a coalition. Here I am to assist you to remain in power. But obviously you have terms and conditions. Some believe the terms and conditions will say you can't do it without my father. They will not accept that. They will not accept being dictated to, I think, by a former leader. I think instead they'd look to some of the smaller players in order to do that. If you look at how and groups, the rise of Shuluva by Mohani Banoi, formerly of excellence in the Democratic Alliance, has been suggested to be played into the ANC in Gauteng, which is also really at the same level as the ANC and Pazunata were suggestions that the ANC was kind of grooming a coalition partner in the Bongani Valuation, that if they go just under 50%, it will not be as drastic as under 30% as some suggested. I think they'll fall into the 40s and they hope that they'll take smaller parties that they can work with in order to avoid that. But as far as the IP and the EFF are concerned, everybody is eyeing the prize. Everybody's looking to get to the table and believe that these elections will put them in the room because the ANC while it might be able to get majority, it will not get that 50 plus one in order to govern on its own. So um, I think there'll be a lot of winning and dealing as we get closer to the elections, at least post the May 29th date. A lot of parties are preparing themselves for that. I spoke to an ANC official uh, a few months ago who said, in spite of what they all say to you, they all recognize that they cannot necessarily govern without us. So the talks are already fierce uh, in the background. And so for you, um, Tidi, what do you think there needs to will be, for instance, the most, um, the, the, I guess, the most crucial part or the most important part of today's manifesto launch? That will be, I guess, the central message of what we will hear later on today. It's a difficult one because so much has gone wrong on the ANC's watch that I kept asking myself, what does the ANC need to say to convince voters that it remains fit for purpose? And I'll be honest with you, I'm struggling. I can't believe that a message or commitment to crime fighting unless it's to return the Scorpius and for that to happen immediately shows me the political world. A lot of the things that have gone wrong, it's not the policies of the NC. Many people will tell you that the policies of the NC on their own are actually quite workable. It's about implementation. It is about leaders who have lost a lot of credibility. So it's a very hard sell, I'll be honest with you. 
I'm not sure what I need to hear. Mm. I'm not sure if the buy-in for citizens will be forgive us, uh, let's try again. Um, that we've made some errors, we've made a lot of mistakes. And whether or not the deliverability, I suppose another thing important for me about the deliverability of the message that's been delivered is if the voters believe that the ANC is sincere, um, maybe then that will do it for the party. But I think it's a hard sell. Um, they want to fumble from one issue to another. It's a very difficult sell, folks. TD, as always, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Always a pleasure. That is Eyewitness News Associate Politics Editor, Tidi Madia. She's part of the team that's on the ground for Eyewitness News at Moses Mabida today, covering the ANC's election manifesto launch. Of course, that will be one of the big stories tomorrow. And we'll look at those when we look at your Sunday papers just after 7 o'clock.